Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I am your host tonight, Justin Sandoval, also known as Sandy, and I'm joined tonight by uh, the one and only Anthony Amato. We call him Shamato, and uh, our special guest tonight is uh, Zach Markham. We call him Apple Zachs. Uh, how's it going, fellas? Doing well, doing well. It's uh, been a busy week, uh, a lot of content dropping, and... You know, it's it's been uh, it's it's really awesome just seeing all this stuff come out. You know, recently. Yeah, man, it's a uh, it, tons of, tons of stuff. Um, normally, we have uh, T roll and T sweat on right now, but uh, we're 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 diving into um, a, a non Marvel, a non Star Wars, which has been our, our on on theme for our podcast recently. Uh, we're we're gonna be diving into to Stranger Things because Volume Two was released uh, what a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we've had time to let it marinate. We've had time to let it, uh, let's, you know, think on it for a little bit more. And, uh, here we are. We're going to give our final takes yep. on, uh, season four. I know, uh, me sweat and, and I believe it was you, Markham. Uh, we did our, uh, our, what, three and a half episode review of, uh, Stranger Things, uh, volume one. Yep. And, uh, here we are. We're going to go ahead and talk about the, the entirety of, uh, of Stranger Things, uh, season four. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Get excited. Um, well, first off, I'd like to go ahead and thank all the listeners out there. Um, go ahead and uh, share the podcast with your friends and uh, c- click subscribe and follow and all of that. Uh, and we really do appreciate you guys. So all that being said, spoiler warning going into this. If you are one of the only two people in this universe who have not seen this show, uh, then Go kick rocks. Spoiler warning. Um, all right. Here we go. Zach. <laughs> Overall as a series, Stranger Things Season 4, how would you rate it? Like numeric? Uh, I would say 9.1 out of 10. Mm, it, like this, this season has been phenomenal. I love how like they tied all the other seasons of stranger things like into one like this is like yeah. it's uh, like it's all coming together it's all making sense i cannot the the way the season ended i cannot wait for like the next season to drop and like to see what unfolds uh, the action packed scenes like it's it's got to be like full gung ho like it's yeah. going it's going to be awesome it's going i just know that oh yeah yeah i i mean i agree uh part of me is kind of feels feels bad for season 5 because it has such a high bar to clear now yeah. But uh, Shimato, season four, where does that stand for you? I mean, I I felt like it was phenomenal. Like it was, it had you going the entire way. Um, you know, but there were there were just so many um, awesome parts with it, and I love like like Markham was saying, I loved how it wasn't just like this standalone storyline in, in this particular season. Like it drew, it drew in from all the other seasons, and like it was culminating in this. Um, even though they're going to like have to go even a step beyond um, for the next season. But it was, you know, you got to see so much of what had happened in the previous seasons sort of explain the the stuff that you hadn't really thought about or had explained to you in earlier seasons you got to see in this season. So that was super awesome to be able to see that. Yeah, so uh, would you would you give it a rating? or? Um, I mean, I would say this season in particular is probably like, uh, like a solid, like, uh, nine and a half, I'd say. Okay. All right. Good. So, um, for myself, uh, I believe I started saying it during the, the first portion of, uh, 
uh, when we recorded the first time on uh, the first three and a half episodes. Uh, I w- I'm going to stick to my guns here and say like this may be the, the single greatest season of a show in tele- in television yeah. history. Like it was it was phenomenal. Everything about season four uh, was was amazing. And then knowing that after volume one, we were only going to get two episodes. And those two episodes were going to maintain that greatness that they have established in the first seven yeah. episodes. Like it, it, it was incredible. It was incredible to see the story unfold and just the. You mentioned it being gripping, Amato. Like it, it really, it really captivated like the audience. Like it was yeah. for me. Like every episode, I was on the edge of my seat. I was either standing up sitting down like i was like i was always moving because i was so like entrenched in this in this storyline and where the where these characters were going like it was it was very very gripping for me i think so. one of the most telling parts about it was i think going into the season i think people might have been a little bit apprehensive about the run times of the of the episodes because yeah. because they, they they made a big thing about how long they were, each episode was going to be and I felt like going into it maybe I, I was a little bit apprehensive too about the potentiality of that and like well are they going to be able to grip you through the entire thing are there going to be lulls and like I felt like they did a fantastic job of using the time they had to really like you know extend the storylines and like. Uh, there, there were not a whole lot of moments where you were like, okay, well, this is this is why this is an hour and a half instead of an hour and fifteen minutes, you know? Right. Yeah. Where there was just like these filler moments. There was, uh, it was there was a lot of these intense moments, and you were just drawn in, and you just wanted to see what was coming up next. It didn't really feel like you were watching an hour and a half long episode, you know? Yeah. Oh, trust me, I know. Yeah, and I, and I feel like like what they did, especially like with the timeline with these with these episodes, is I feel like Disney Plus could like take some notes from this. Mm, is they nice. spent they spent a lot of time developing like character development that played out where it was like a point made with the with the finale like of this season, and I feel like a lot of that with a lot of shows they miss that they're they're stuck on this one set runtime. Um, this one set thing they have to focus on. There's a lot of cuts and stuff they have to they have to like edit out. Yeah. With, with Stranger Things, I don't feel like we necessarily got that. I feel like all the information we got, like we got for a reason. Um, all those like missing plots, stuff like that, they really like went into and really like the de- developed that into into a really solid storyline that came together all at all at the end. It, yeah. it it really is a whole new world when you think about just the idea of. You, like you don't have to fit for commercials, like streaming True, sites. True, good point. Yep. Yeah. You do not have to fit for commercials. You do not have to fit a certain runtime to fit into a schedule. Like, oh, you have to be able to fit in between the eight eight p.m. and nine p.m. slot because there's a show that's on at seven. And there's a show that's on at nine. Yeah. You, make it as long as necessary. Dude, this is you the know? Wild West, man. You can just yeah. go all, all out. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy to think about, like. We're here talking about like, oh yeah, make shows longer, that kind of thing, right? But like, yeah. I believe that the story that the Duffer Brothers are telling here is it it is in itself the the reason why the episodes are that long because like they are telling such a great story 
that yeah. the episode it could have been 30 minutes and the story would would still be as tight and we would still be all on board with it but like the fact that they were able to draw out every single character every single character had a moment yeah. like it was it was incredible because this has turned into such an ensemble like the the cast of this show is has grown like exponentially like even these new characters that they've been introducing like Argyle and Eddie and like even the yeah. previous seasons like everybody who is being added onto this they're getting their moments to shine and like especially in this season i feel like these new characters really like came out and like they stepped up and um they contributed to the the, the main characters and in in ca- causing them to grow and causing them to 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 reach their character development and it's been really cool to see and i'm just i'm really really excited for the next for the next season to see where, yeah. they, where they take this but like um let, I, here we go. Let's start with this. Like so, episode four. All right. Um, it's it's Max's Max's Insane. big yeah, yeah Max's big episode. It was phenomenally done. It was well shot. Music was is used uh, perfectly. Uh, I mean, <laughs> running up the hill is like number one on the charts for weeks now. Like it's it's been insane. Um, they, this is where they kind of learn like how they can fight back with Vecna. Yeah. And. Uh, and then from from that moment on, like episodes five, six, and seven, like it's just um, kind of like a, a a downhill like build, like it's it's getting bigger and bigger on like this confrontation with Vecna. Like you're learning more yeah. about Vecna through L and and her flashbacks and her her with Project Nina and her getting stronger, like in developing her powers again. You're getting more um, story in in Vecna, but then also like you're getting what's happening in current times where they're trying to the other gang in Hawkins is trying to counteract the, the deaths, the murders that are yes. happening in Hawkins. And so it's kind of like, it's hand in hand. They're working together and they're telling the story as they go through these next couple episodes. Yeah. And you're seeing like uh, the replacement of uh, the human villain, which they've shown uh, with uh, since Billy passes on with Jason Carver's character. Um, with the basketball player who kind of like apparently basketball players are just kind of bad dudes in this town (laughs) like in general like or at least for a bit because even like steve you know your human villains are if you're playing basketball for that team you're not generally a good person steve was steve in season one and then you know billy in season two and three and now this jason dude uh season four just you know showing it up and just being you know just this this force of dark you just see him just consumed with darkness you know he goes down a path like he, yes like especially when we first get introduced to him like he's given like the whole pep rally speech yeah and you can kind of like you really rally behind him like from that but then like you see his kind of where he uses his his skills yeah. and his, his to manipulate and to to change the narrative on what's happening in the city. Like it, it, he does go down a wrong path. Like his character is uh, my, my least favorite character in the whole series. But like the fact that they were using, utilizing him as that human villain and, uh, the way he affects the, the gang moving forward. Well, I think it's because he does a good job being that character. Correct. Like, like he, he, he yeah, performs nat- it natural very well. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, and the crazy thing, like you, sometimes you get to take your mind out of it a little bit. Like if you were not a part of this group, like what he is saying, I mean, makes some sense. Like what he is bringing up about, like there is something going on, like these people, like he, you know, 
Eddie happens to be around somebody who's getting when this happens. I mean, it would make sense like to blame Eddie in that situation in episode one. You know, like yeah. like that it makes sense. It does. It does. Um, and like it, it's just because we know from our experiences. Uh, from watching the first three seasons and you know of course seeing what actually happens that we know that that isn't the correct path but he you know if you think about it from his point of view i mean he they probably do really look like they're these you know evil people yep and i think that's what made this villain like so so good uh and what really like brought this character to light is because like in his mind what he was doing is the righteous thing is the righteous thing like he was doing what was best for Best for him, best for his friends, for the town. Be- best for the town, all that stuff. And so, like, it, in his mind, he had, like, a very platonic view of, like, what was going on, like, around him. He didn't really understand, like, anybody else's side of the story. His main thing was, like, he's going to protect his friends. He's going to protect the town. He's going to get the town yeah. on his side, all that kind of stuff. And that really, like, put him in the villain seat, even though if he didn't view himself as that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we saw we saw that um, kind of like subplot play out um, towards the like the end of volume one, where he was kind of getting on the trail of Eddie and what's going on with that, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that um, Vecna, honestly, like him as a villain, really did steal the show for me, especially oh, like the reveal. He at was the end terrifying. Of, yeah, yeah. Especially the reveal at the end of Volume One, where L and the conversation with One, and then showing One's transformation into Vecna, like yes, it was it it, it was great, but like like there's yep. so many layers to that reveal, it was insane. Yes, like you're like yes. oh, you know you you go, you go from the idea of One like the 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 orderly being One, and then you have One, you know becoming. Vecna, while also revealing that he is Victor Krill's son, yeah, and like, like yeah. you're just literally like getting your mind is being blown, yeah. yeah. This is all coming out, and you're like, this is crazy. Like all the like the stuff that is playing out, like right now with his connection to Hawkins and his connection to this world, yeah, yep. And uh, Volume Two, I mean, it it it's, it starts it starts like heavy like yeah um there's a lot going on we have the team the they're establishing their plan like so vec we see vecna and he has nancy right off the bat yes as start volume two and uh nancy is stuck in this like dream sequence um vecna trance right and uh they're trying to cross over from the upside down back to the real world and nancy's just standing there and they're all scrambling like Find music, like, 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 get, we need something, like, they're in that scramble mode, and, like, I mean, yes, like, Eddie, they're like, what is this? This is not real music, and Eddie's like, it is real music, like, it's, this is music, like, that whole whole scene, it was, it was great, but, but, like, Nancy in herself, like, she's being confronted with this, this terror, with this villain, and he's showing her what the world is going to look like, and he hasn't even done it yet, and he said, this is what, this is how it's going to play out. That's terrifying in a villain. Like the fact that you can call your shot. Yeah. That's wild. Yep. Well, and like to tell you the truth, like with once we started understanding what Vecna was doing, Nancy makes a ton of sense for him to go after. So this isn't just like some random one of the random characters to go after. Because Nancy has a lot of regret and guilt in her. 
that we have seen played out through Barb and um, through generally through Barb and just like so her being attacked by Vecna makes so much sense from our from us knowing their past. So it isn't just like oh he's just pulling at random people. He is direct. You're seeing more on um, the fact that he is directly affecting people who are have these guilt this extreme guilt inside them yeah jeez man um and nancy it she's she's turned out to be quite the bad a man like she yeah is the the force to be reckoned with in in this she's uh, the gun expert yeah it's it's crazy to think about like especially like later on in the scenes that she's in where she's just like the sawed off shotgun going ham on on anything that comes in front of her like it was she truly is like amazing in this series to tell you the truth like okay no you said you didn't particularly like the character of jason but her and jason in the in the gun shop that was intense that was intensely oh you got to see like the the side of nancy that that you normally only see when she's up against like uh like a supernatural villain but like this this face to face with this human villain and like you're seeing this side of nancy that you really don't normally see like and you know you see and you see in him that he is completely unhinged at this moment as well yeah and like i think with her being able to be like she is when she's like around the upside down in the real world facing jason like she i think i think i like audibly said i was like dang man she's bad a like while that scene was going on because she confronted him like straight up and wasn't like like he was a villain in the upside down like she was in that mindset like yeah i got a bigger thing to accomplish here and you you need to like just kind of get out of the way but yeah like jason right there who's just Mm -hmm. like he's after control that's that's the thing like he wants he wants to be in control so like he's like trying to show off his expertise and everything in that gun shop and nancy just wasn't having it she's like i got i got other things that i gotta be doing like besides like beefing with you so like (laughs) we got to move on right and i think it was just like another extension of all the things that have happened with nancy in the sense of like every step that she takes she's always underestimated in like because she's a relatively small woman Yep. And like in and young as well. So like all like, you know, whether it be not being respected by the reporters or not being respected in school or, you know, like in, in this moment in the shop, she's just completely just fed up with this person. Right. who is not giving her respect. And like this idea of like you have no idea how much this woman has been through and like how much like she's not willing to take any of what you're giving out at the moment. But not to mention right. like how her character was introduced as like the preppy girl. Yeah. And, like the transition that her character made into this force. Like yes. it's uh, seeing that growth in itself has been enjoyable to watch. And yep. I mean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it watching yep. it play out. Um, so like, so Nancy, Nancy and that's how it starts off. Like Vecna has deliberately like chosen her and then she's the messenger. Yeah. She's going to relay everything that Vecna just, showed her and told her and she kind of gets reunited with everybody else and she was uh she's like telling telling her side of the thing the story like like oh vecta he showed me he showed me what's gonna happen and then they're like well we're gonna stop it we're gonna so then like plans are being made so as of right now in the storyline we have everything going on in vegas or nevada i should say uh with l and then yeah 
um, Will and Mike and Jonathan and Argyle trying to yep. get to um, get to L in Nevada. Yes. And you have everybody in Hawkins, uh, and then you have yes. uh, Russia. Yeah. You yep. have uh, just the Murray. <laughs> And Hopper, like I love that Murray was like, Mm -hmm. like, like I, I love the way they played up Murray to the point to where it looked like he was gonna be like this person who said he knew how to do all this stuff, but then I was expecting him, I was fully expecting him to just get his butt whooped. Yeah, but no, he actually, yeah, he actually was very competent in in uh, combat. Yep. Yeah, he held his own. Um, Yeah, but the Murray, Joyce, and Hopper uh, team, that was, I mean. There's a lot of debate going on whether or not like the Russia storyline was like worth it in this thing, um, which it did play out as a little bit convenient in the final battle, uh, where they all just decided to, you know, take out the the demi gorgons and the yeah um, the demi dogs. Um, but, but regardless, all these three storylines are happening at one time, and uh, well, technically four because like Elle's kind of off to her on her own. So you have Elle and you have Mike. Uh, and the gang trying to get to L. Yeah. And then you have um, the Hawkins itself with Russia. So yep. um, I will say I, I enjoy the, the L scenes with her rediscovering her powers. Um, especially, I did think they, I mean, this is supposedly like high budget. Um, Netflix threw all the money at, um, at, at the show. So like the de-aged uh, Millie Bobby Brown as, as, a, yeah. as a child... That was. I mean, it looked really good. It looked. Yeah. It didn't it did. look like it was out of place or anything. I mean, there are moments where you're like, okay, this looks a little strange, just because she's interacting with her older self. Um, but like when it when, when you see her as a as a younger child by herself, like you're like, okay, this this looks good. Yeah. And uh, just the scenes that show her powers being used and getting stronger, um, you can definitely tell the production value was there and. Uh, they they utilized the every cent Netflix gave them. It was it was, it was yeah. cool to watch. So. Yep, hundred percent. Um, so one of the things I enjoyed about the series and everything is, well, one thing in in particular is when Vecna, when when you see that transformation where like L sends uh, one into that dimension. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things I have about that whole that whole scene is like when he gets sent there. I don't know if you guys noticed, but when, like when he's going through that flashback scene and then he's like walking, he's like wandering around like the upside down. There is no Hawkins. Yeah, like it was, it was, yeah, it was just yeah, like a big it was, plane. Yeah, it was just a big yeah. plane and wasteland. So like my my thing is is like I'm wondering if like if this next season if it's going to bring out like how the upside down Hawkins was formed and created because like right now like in this season like Vegna is the number one villain, but. Obviously, like he's being controlled by some sort of like hive mind that we've seen in like season season two and season three of Stranger Things, and like I'm curious to see like how that's going to play out and how that's going to tie in like with the closure of the series. Yeah, I do think uh, since the season has ended, uh, I, I believe the Duffer Brothers came out and said like we will learn a lot more about the Upside Down in season five. Yep. Which, um, yeah, just kind of the way the glimpses we saw of the like the creation of Vecna and the upside down. Um, I don't know. You're right. There's, there's a lot to be told there. There's a lot of story yeah. to be told mm-hmm. on how, especially like he kind of came to power in the upside down. I mean, granted he already had the abilities going in into it, correct. But how did he mold it and form it to be where right. it was a, a 1983 Hawkins? Because we saw that Nancy said, this is not current. This is my room yeah. when it was 1983, like three years ago, I think is what yep. she said. 
But, uh, but man, um, lots of questions about the upside down, which I, I really do hope we get answered in season five, the final, the final season. Um, it'd be interesting to see that. Um, okay, so I will say, I want to I want to take this moment and and talk about the Dustin and Eddie dynamic. Yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed every interaction that they had with each other, and it seems to me that Dustin seems to be. Uh, the one who has the most interaction and the most, uh, like for example, Dustin and Steve in the prior seasons, like them, yeah. them two alone, like they were the highlights, right? And so here it is, Dustin and Eddie. Now they're the highlights because they are the ones that are paired off to be the bait to give uh, them the team time yeah. to uh, get to Vecna so they can destroy Vecna. But uh, what, what were your guys' take on Eddie and and Dustin? I think they were very much more similar than Dustin and Steve. So like when when you think about Steve and everything, like he's like he's like the the hero, right, like yeah. a, like a, like of the of the fight scenes. He's the one that's like rushing into battle to like protect his friends. And then when you have Dustin and Eddie, they're more of like the brains of the operation. They come up with the plans, they form the plans, but they're not the ones to like get down and dirty and and like be be the heroes of the day. And then so, like, when you have them, like, through their dynamic, I feel like they related and connected a lot bit more, Mm -hmm. like, with their relationship and everything going through, like, the series. And even towards, like, the end, even though, like, with that one scene, they made the comment, like, we're not the heroes, we're going to be the bait. And then, like, towards the end of that, they were like, you know what, no, we're going to be the heroes. Yeah. It's funny they mentioned, like, Eddie being, like, hands-off and, like, not, not the hero in your face, like... He he literally is the, is the is the dungeon master in in D and D, which is yeah. is not the hands on. You're not making the decisions. Like he's he's the one who is he's safe and he's telling the story and he knows where the story is going to go. Like he's not putting himself in harm's way, right. which translates exactly to his his real life person. Like he's trying not to put himself in harm's way. He's trying not to be the hero. And uh, Dustin, he kind of like. He wants to be involved. He wants to be the hero, but he knows that he lacks in certain areas. But like they both kind of find a way to step up and and, and be the hero um, in, in their own ways. Like Dustin, he's more of like the informational guy. Like he's yeah. he's the one who's always thinking of the next step, the next the next thing that's going to give them that edge. And like yep. Eddie finally turns it around and he's finds out who he is and he does become a hero and in his own, in his own right. So that was, that was, it was fun to see their dynamic play out. And it was one of the highlights of volume two in the two short, ep- well, the two not short episodes, but like in the two episodes, them being just two episodes in, in, in general, they, they stand out as being the highlight of that. So, um, I, I definitely enjoyed them for sure. I mean, yeah, you definitely get to see them, uh, be something that they're usually not, you know, um, and it, it is interesting because yeah, Dustin is usually the one that comes up with the answer. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Y- you, you don't think about it a whole lot, but you look back and you're like, oh yeah, that was Dustin. That was Dustin. That was Dustin. Yeah. When they were thinking about the ideas, not necessarily physically doing it, but you know, um, and it's, it's interesting about seeing everyone become their own, their own version of whatever the hero they want to be, you know? And, um, as as it goes through and um i think that was one of the coolest things was like throughout the entire season was seeing this the idea of being the superhero and being the monster yeah and like how they played out you know for a while they it was ambiguous about whether l was the superhero or she was the monster you know 
So that, that was really interesting seeing that play out. And then like the duality of her and one and how similar they were and like what, what path they chose to took and, you know, what, what they went through and, you know, what doors they decided to go through when they had those chances. Um, so it was really interesting seeing, you know, the, the people, um, it really comes, it really was showing you how when you are faced with these things, you can choose to be the hero if you choose to be. Like, if you're L, you choose to be the hero. You choose to save the people. If you're one, you choose to be the villain, to be the monster. Dustin, Eddie decide to become the hero. Jason decides to become the villain. Right. Yeah. You know, like, yep. you see all these people. They have these choices. They could choose to do bad. Correct. But a lot of them choose to do good yep. um, when, when they are given those opportunities. Yep, and I feel like they've done like in a really like a really amazing job of like developing these characters and like seeing like where their heart is like in their development, and then seeing that like come to come to closure like when it comes down to it, and for them to make a decision on whether to be like the good guy or the bad guy, and then like when you have that scene where like with where like Eddie and Dustin like they they uh, they make that scene where they're at the bait, and then Eddie grabs the guitar and he gets on the roof and then he starts playing like. Master of, Ma- Ma- Master of Puppets by Metallica and everything, and like he, like even in like that scene, like he removes like the the guitar pick from his neck, which symbolizes something, and then like he dedicates a song to like Chrissy, and then everybody else that like died in Hawkins. So like his heart is in the right place, like in that scene, and then it just progresses for like from there, like to the closure, like to his death and everything right, yeah. of like all the choices of like all the progression of the choices that he's made. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think just in general, um, I think Eddie being like when Eddie first goes and he he knows what he's gonna do, he's gonna put on the 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 show, make the noise, and describe it right. Him walking up to his guitar and he's like, "Oh, you were like made for the upside down, or yes. something like that, right?" Yeah, like, it looks so cool, and it was, uh, it was really good. It was it was essentially like a knight choosing his weapon like that Correct. kind of deal, like and yeah. him realizing like, okay, this is this was my fate, like this is. I I am this person. I and he he climbs up there and he plays a guitar and he draws the bats to him. Shreds it. Yeah, it was amazing. It was an incredible scene. And uh, the the actor actually did play that that song. Like he knows how to play the guitar. And the actor who played Eddie, um, he he did play that scene. So it was, oh, that's, that, that's, awesome, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool that's in itself. Phenomenal. Yeah. And so, um, okay. So I think what's more impressive to me is the Hawkins group out of everybody because as far as they know in 1986 they've been trying to communicate with uh L, Will and Mike but they haven't been able to get hold of them. These guys are like we're going to go fight Vecna. We know we don't have L. We know we have yeah. we, we have nothing going in our favor and they're like we're going to do it anyway. And because we have each other. And I think that speaks volumes for our where each and every single one of those characters has come from. Like, if you really truly think about it, we already talked about Nancy and like, where she came from. But, like, Steve, he was, like, the jerk bully slash, like, that guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and then where he transforms into this hero, right? Yep. And even um, uh, Caleb, his character, like, he, nerdy, whatever, right? Like, wants to be popular, strives for that, right? But then he, like, finds himself as a... Uh, as somebody who wants to protect and be there for his friends. And then, yeah. um, Max, um, she's just wants to kind of just fit in and, and belong somewhere. Cause she's 
bounced around from California to, to Hawkins and didn't want to be there. Um, is picked on by Billy and always bullied and, and put down, but like wants to be a part of something. And then like, that's what they do. They become a part of this group. Um, and even Robin, Robin doesn't know her, her place in the world. And she, no. she is just trying to find herself really. And yep. she, through Steve, like finds a family and finds a group of people. So like they they all come together as one mind. And they're like, we're going to stop Vecna. We're going to go into the upside down and we're going to do this and we're going to win. Like, when they had no business going anywhere nah. near Vecna at all, yep. like it, it should, yeah, cool. L L beat every some every single person in season three, but yeah, like here we are, like oh, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it together. Like yep. that's I don't know. I I think I respected that a lot more on their part because I mean, essentially they were going into a suicide mission. Yeah, it it would have been a suicide mission if. If, if L, if L yeah. didn't come in and save the day. Yeah. So, like, I, I think, like, they did a really good job with, like, connecting things, like, with it all coming into play just at the right moment. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, if it didn't, like, their mission could have failed. And then, like, it would have been L versus versus Vecna one-on-one. Her friends were already dead. Like, what kind of mindset would that would have put her in? Correct. Yeah. That would have affected, like, her chances of, like, winning or losing. And, like, there could there was so much that could have went wrong. But it all played together like just the right time, just in the right sequence where like they were able to be successful. Yeah, there's a lot of critique going around saying that like it was all like a little too convenient for like Hopper and them destroying the demi demigorgon over there, and how that's kind of uh, weakening Vecna, um, mm-hmm. and then how um, L and them attack through the mind and then everybody else attack through the upside down. So like a lot of people are saying that's like so convenient, but like if you really think about it, um, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. It kind of fits the, the MO of, of the way this is uh, series has played out because if you really, if you really think about it, like every season has, everyone's has taken a, a different approach or a different, like to get to the main villain. Like everybody yeah. either starts off apart and comes together. Um, it's like they're all like fated to be connected together to get the job done. Yep. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it really is like it's all these storylines that converge together. That's just how Stranger Things is set up. Um, as it, That's just their storytelling style um, is that it's a bunch of stories that intertwine and mix together. And the, big, the biggest positive of them doing that is when you're dissecting these storylines is it allows for character development in smaller numbers. Yeah. Like perfect. if you had all 15 characters in one storyline, it's hard to like zero in and build character with each one. Whereas if you have them yep. together with groups of three or four or five together, you can zero in on these conversations on these, on this emotional growth here on this person having to do something that they're not necessarily comfortable there. Um, so, and they use the, the separation to, um, build character development in a lot of ways. Um, so th- th- that's how they, they do that kind of stuff. And like, the, of course the Hawkins crew is, I, I think, uh, other than what was happening with L and her, like learning all that stuff with Val Vecna were, easily the most compelling storyline that was happening in my mind. Yeah. Um, so like her, that and Vecna were, or in L were definitely 
like were higher than what was happening with Mike and them and stuff like that. And even Russia was like a side note in a lot of my, my, a lot of what was happening there. I was like, come on, let's get back to the Hawkins group or figure out a little more with Ellen Vecna. Yeah. And, uh, I think volume two also did a good job of like me as a viewer. I was like, okay, somebody's going to have to die. Right. Like, yeah. And, and this volume two did a good job of setting up, um, moments that, made you care about characters even more to kind of like if they did decide to kill any certain character, you would feel more attached to it. So for example, we, we spent time with Dustin and Eddie to where they had emotional connections yeah. to where if either one of them died, which RIP Eddie, obviously um, spoilers. I'll, yeah. Well, as um, soon as he dropped that hero line, I was like, yeah, he's, he dead. he's dead. Yeah. Oh, like, he's dead. But their interactions before when yes. they were talking about that, like that kind of set up to like where if they killed either one of them, it would mean something. The Will and Mike scene in the, in the van was just like, First off, that was an amazing scene, and Will yeah. knocked powerful. that out of the freaking park, man. Oh, yeah. He like it, it's going around now; it's being memed. They're making some funny, funny jokes about that scene, but like, in all actuality, Will completely knocked that scene out of the park, man. Like he yep. he sold the emotion, and we we all knew what was being conveyed. Like Correct. he he was speaking to Will, or I mean, Will was speaking to Mike. And it, it truly was coming from him, but he was using L as like the conduit to yeah, uh, the escape re- Yes, uh, to, to escape his true feelings, right? Yep. And just that scene where he turns away and he's like, he's he's sobbing. He's literally stifling his his his, his cry. Like it, it was amazing. It was incredible. And so they built that connection in these in the in volume two to where like if either one of them died, you would feel something, right? And then you obviously have the Joyce and the Hopper. They were they had moments together where they were just. You know, I mean, they're get, they're they're getting changed at the at the the stash house, and yeah. um, they have their moment that they share of yep. like where, where where they've come, where they've been, and where they are, that kind of thing. Correct. And then uh, Nancy and Steve, they have moments where they're together, right? Like yep. it's they're building yeah. all of these separate moments along the way to where they're setting up for like if any one of them died in the in the in the finale, like in the last episode you would feel something and it would, and it would be devastating. Like, and not to even yeah. mention Max and, uh, and, and Caleb getting their own, um, yeah, that their, was their yeah. own moment. Um, extended moment really. Yes. Um, so they did the Duffer brothers did a really good job of developing those emotions and developing those points of contact with those characters that really kept the story going and, and driving those, those character development. Yep. And like one of the one of the moments I just wanted to touch on too. I know the viewers probably know everything, but like one of the moments that they didn't really expand on as as much as they could have is like with Will and Jonathan. So uh, like because they were mm. very they were very distant, like especially like in the first season of, uh, or the first couple of episodes in season four. Like Jonathan was out doing his own thing. Will felt very alone there with L. Yeah. Um, L was trying to impress Mike. Mike. And Will very distant, like Will felt by himself. Mm-hmm. And then, like in that scene with the van, like between him and Mike, and him, Will expressing his feelings, like Jonathan was picking up on all of this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's true. And then, like you could tell that Jonathan was feeling some sort of like regret or remorse for not not being there, being there for Will. Correct. And then they had like that touching scene inside the uh, the pizza place, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and them kind of coming together. So, like, I could see them expanding on that a little bit more in this next season as well. Yeah, good shout there, too. Um, yeah, the Jonathan and, and Will. Like, up until Volume 2, I was like, Jonathan, go kick rocks. Like, his character yep. development completely, like, flopped. And, 
and I'm I'm not all about that. Which I'm still not that too high on Jonathan and where he came from. Like Jonathan yep. was that guy who like he cared about everybody. Like he wanted to do the right thing, and he wanted to. Uh, save the day like he was he was that guy like yep. yeah yeah well, i feel two, like he lost his yeah, way a lot he lost he, his way in, yep. in uh in this volume i don't know if it was just because he was away from hawkins but like yeah he just he he seemed to have lost himself a lot he he didn't seem to care as much about anything like mm-hmm. he he was such a fierce defender of will yes, yes. and joyce and nancy like throughout the first couple of seasons i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of that got lost um in i feel like maybe you know maybe some of it was because of steve is the whole fact of like steve kind of took on that role of like i mean he he jokes around like about being like the babysitter but he was also (laughs) the one that was there for the children through most of that stuff he was the one who you know really was in in it he was in the hard parts with the with them when the things were going down yeah but i think if jonathan doesn't have that scene with will inside the pizza shop then his, I think his character is completely like lost for me in Correct. general. But yeah, that, but I would that does a good you. that does a good job of like keeping him kind of up to par with where we feel about the yeah. other characters. Um, yeah. So great shout, Markham. I appreciate you bringing that scene up. I I completely overlooked that right there, but uh, but good. Um, but yes, volume two, um, this finale episode where all the pieces have to play just the right way to execute this plan. Of all, everybody converging on one point, and that that point is Vecna, and and getting him so discombobulated and so um, stretched in multiple ways um, because of this hive mind theory. We have him stretched with the, the demigorgons in Russia. Uh, we have him stretched mentally um, with L and and Max, and when we have him stressed physically, literally in the upside down with Steve and Nancy and all of yep. and Robin. Um, so it's, it's, it's all aspects against Vecna right now. And, um, I don't know which, which do you feel like had the tougher time because the way they portrayed it, they all had a hard time executing this plan, but like, where do you feel like the biggest struggle, uh, came from? I mean, I would think like the biggest struggle would actually be with Max. Yes. Like, I like, like just because of the idea of there's this. Like the terrifying idea that you don't know with what you're actually in is real, or like like what is happening. Like the idea that's why Freddy Krueger is such a terrifying villain in in uh, his own right is that he attacks you in your dreams and he distorts reality and like it just it messes with you so much you don't know what is what's really you, what you're really perceiving what's real what's fake you know who you're dealing with like these moments where she would look and she thinks she's talking to caleb but she's actually talking to vecna yeah you know wild especially because of like there had been so much like um stress on the relationship between caleb and and max that it almost sort of like even though we know and she probably knows that that isn't caleb but there is a touch of it that's like what if he actually feels this way? Like, and I think that's what that's what Vecna is going for the entire time is that he wants it to be just believable enough to where, like, it, because if it's something outlandish, it does you you can throw it away, you know. But if it's something that's just on the edge 
uh, between outlandish and real, it's it's hard to push away because they're in that moment in your own mind, you're like, this could be real. Like this could actually be how this person feels. Yeah. And uh, Max, she definitely had a lot, lot going on, um, and we do, we do get the moment of uncertainty where we're like, okay, Max, she's being lifted up, and yeah. her bones start breaking in her limbs. Yes. And Oof. oh man, it was, it was crushing, dude. It was literally like me watching it. I yeah, I can admit to it right now as a one hundred percent confident person right now that I did shed some tears uh, during that scene. Because I, did, I truly did think she was gone. I did. And then we see Elle um, come into the scene here and does something. Like, I'm sure we're going to learn what the heck's going on with that yeah. in the next season. But uh, apparently Elle can do anything and everything, uh, apparently, including bringing people back from the dead. Uh, <laughs> I have my own theories about that. Okay, yeah. Um, I think Max is actually gone. Um, I do too. I think I, she is gone too. I think L is somehow like in sync, like within like a different persona, whatever, um, where she's like connected with Max on a level where she's keeping her heart pumping and keeping enough blood, yeah. enough oxygen um, going to Max's brain where Max isn't clinically dead. Yeah. Um, Cause she did die. She, she, she was gone yeah um and she was brought back in some miraculous way um but i think at this point like in the series i think she's a vegetable i don't think she's going to be coming back um i feel like they they brought that scene out for a reason mm-hmm. um and well, i think yeah i think that final scene where she goes into her brain and it's just nothing nothing else. yeah like I, I think that was that really points at like the idea because before she would be able to search through her memories and stuff like that. But I think it's kind of like that idea that like the lights off, like yeah. there's. Yeah. And I think I think Max's that that whole scene with Max and that in like scene, um, is just like a, a sliver of of hope that is is just brought to the viewers, um, going into like this next season. But I think in this next season we're going to experience like the most um, character deaths that we've that we've seen from oh, all the oh, from, from all the other uh, seasons. Matt Max is just like the the tip of the iceberg at the at this point. I, I think, think you're right. It's uh, I don't want I don't want to be 100% agreeing with you, but like cuz I don't want to see them die, but right. I, you're right. You are. Um, uh, it's going to happen. The the only sliver of hope I have is that there's a possibility that somehow Max's mind got somewhere put into like the upside down or something like that yep. and that is just her body that is gone like or her body her it's body a, is state, there in a state yeah. but is like it, uh, the way i'm thinking about it is almost like the sep- like the matrix like if you get separated from your um consciousness consciousness or- in the matrix you die but it is sort of set up like that to where like almost like your mind gets stuck in the matrix but your body is still there but it can't operate it's kind of how and and i think like something they kind of touched on but they didn't really explain in season four is there's like different layers of the upside down um you have you have the upside down which is like 1983 hawkins um and then you have vecna's upside down which is like within what he created with like the floating grandfather clock the pieces of the house floating around like that's 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 his domain 
Um, and then it shows like with Max, like in the in the in that um, in the gym at the high school, like during prom, like that that's a version of like her core memory that they travel to. Um, and then even the scene where you have Vecna that gets there for the first time, and there's nothing there. It's it's just like a wasteland full of yeah. uh, demi gorgons, the demi dogs, and then the mind flare. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering like how these how how deep these layers go um how are they connected that sort of thing which they're which i've already touched on they're going to bring out i feel i hope they bring out in the next season which is interesting like the color schemes they choose and things like that correct in those so like you know like the vecna stuff was that deep red stuff like that whereas normally we would see in the upside down it was a very like bland colors yep um so like i, I don't know like how they're going to set up that stuff um and it's just, so so it is very interesting to see like there there does seem to be some stratification in the actual upside down. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so like we have these three storylines playing out, right? And uh, Hopper and Russia they win their side of the they win their side of the battle. Like they uh, defeat every single one of the demi dogs and and the demi gorgon, right? L assists. Max and the rest of the team in the mind, right? They they kind of win, right? They they do win, right? L's the one that yeah. it puts Vecna where wherever. I don't know what the heck happened there. I'm sure that's gonna be answered in season five as far as the what happened to Vecna in general, right? Yeah, because yep. um, obviously there's something going on with the way that it ends, right? Um, the the team they do in fact defeat Vecna physically, right? Like he's lit on fire and all that right he's he's hurt so, of course so essentially they all win right except like the way it ends <laughs> like they have that reunion with l and hopper which was fantastic i love that yeah but then like the the world of hawkins crumbles like, crumbles like changing transforming this like red storm cloud brewing whatever right like each of them won in the in their own yeah. right but like it feels like such a defeat yeah. to see it, it, all that, of this. It's, it's that old adage of like you've won the battle but you've lost yeah. the war. Yeah, like yep. that's how it feels. It's like on an individual microscopic level, they won these events, but as you can see, they didn't add up to an all-out victory. victory. Yeah. yeah, correct. Jeez. That. So just seeing where this is gonna go next is just uh, I don't know. I, re- I truly, truly feel bad for season five because, like, the bar is so freaking high right now. Like, yeah. season four did such an amazing job. Like, season one was amazing. Season two and three were kind of, eh, you know, middle of the road, right? But season no. four was just on another level. Yeah. Like, the, 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 <laughs> the heights that this season reached for me was just, like, in- incredible. I think another important thing to remember for season five, too, that's going to be hard is... Through the first four seasons, there's been a pretty steady formula of slow builds and this idea of multiple <coughs> multiple storylines coming together to one big storyline. And it doesn't seem like season five is going to start out that way. Like It feels like they're starting from like what would have been like episode five, you know, like in, in yeah. season five, like how it's going to start because it seems like they're already there. Like they yeah. know – like what they gotta do really. like like the, the villain is already very much in their face you know all this stuff has happened has happened to the town so it's very much seems like there's this um like they're gonna be starting very much from like 
out front instead of a slow play into the storyline. What if season five takes a different approach? Like, where the other seasons, they all have different storylines that converge to one main storyline, whereas season five takes the approach of it starts off with one main storyline that diverges into multiple different storylines rather than the the way that has been. So, like, I think that would be an interesting way to do it as well. Yeah. Uh, with season five being the last season as well, like this, it's confirmed the final season. We're getting season five, final season, and and a movie is what I read. So um, it'd be interesting to see um, how how they do that. I mean, I'm on board. I'm here for the ride, and it's. I mean, it's season four was just incredible, incredible. So um, any any final thoughts here while we wrap it up? Um, um, something we I didn't mean- talk about or anything like that. I mean, the only thing I would say is, um, like, I want to see more of Hopper's Russian friend. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I would love to see him, and I would like to see the uh, third Wheeler chi- Wheeler child in the <laughs> fifth season actually do something. Get involved with the gang? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you, uh, Markham? Um, just just shout out to Hop- the, the actor who plays Hopper. His, yeah. transfer- his transformation has, like, been on point, because, like, you go from, like, this... Overweight, small, yeah, small town cop with a lot of, a lot of issues, a lot of regret, drinking problem, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then like that, like this man's like really like sculpted, like his personality, his body into like something that's like that's really like turned into like a key player, or king, uh, a key character, like in this in this next season. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good to see. Um, oh, that, oh, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so dropping the reveal of. The reason why his daughter had cancer, or whatever, or like what, yeah. that was, yeah. that was a gut wrenching scene that they played out there, and that like yep. playing more into why he was so like like he felt like he killed his daughter, like he feels like he put her through all that. So yeah, like, that was that was that was good. Yeah, uh, so many good things that come from this man, but. Uh, Overall, uh, it's definitely worth a rewatch. It's definitely worth your time. Trust me. It was it hit on all cylinders. It had great emotional moments that built connection. It had terrifying moments that kind of like played to your fears, and yeah. it had some really great action scenes. Um, phenomenal action scenes, to be honest with you. Like all the fights with the bats were like they were they they were awesome. Like Eddie yeah. uh, <laughs> and Steve getting like pummeled by the bats was. Yeah, that scene was that. awesome. The, yeah. the the scene where uh, the buyer's house is raided is was a Ooh, phenomenally yeah. intense scene. Uh, it was really awesome, um, and just yeah, that was a super cool scene. That like it was very tight, you know, uh, the way that it happened, and like yeah. just the, uh, it, it reminded me of a legit like straight up action movie type of scene. Oh yeah, yeah. I felt like that scene was like so well done action wise, where it yeah. kind of almost didn't fit with the season. But like the season, it, was... it felt like it should have been like in John Wick. Right. Yes. There you go. There you go. But uh, but yes. Uh, any other final thoughts before we close out here? Good. All right. So uh, once again, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. Share it with your friends. Uh, Stranger Things is been talked about for weeks now um so definitely share that um come back listen to us next week we did drop uh some marvel podcasts this week as well thor love and thunders out and 
Miss Marvel season five or episode five. Um, definitely check those out. So for Shimato and Applezax, uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, Sandy's going to be signing out here, and we will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.